Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Macro View, Episode 31. You're listening to the number one daily podcast focused on spreading the logic of liberty. I'm your host, Andrew Smith. So tonight, in part four of our five-part series, we will be discussing the role of losses, bankruptcy, and the distressed asset market. But before we get going, I do want to finish up briefly our discussion on complex securities and particularly structured products from last night. So structured products is a very broad term that can be used to describe many, many different types of financial instruments. Structured products are everything from CDOs and mortgage-backed securities or MBSs, which we discussed last night, to what are known as principal protected notes, in which a zero-coupon government-issued bond is combined with an asset or derivative that has what's known as a binary return profile. So an asset or derivative that has a binary return return profile is like an option, which we learned about last night, in that you either lose your investment in full, like with the option, the premium that you pay to lock in the option if the option is not in the money at expiration, or you generate a substantial return in the event of success. So investments such as real estate development projects, venture capital, you know, investment in a small and growing business. Those are, those are both investments that have a binary return profile. So another example is term life insurance, though if it pays off, it's typically a tragic as you probably either lost somebody you love or possibly you yourself have died. So lastly, the topic tonight, the so-called distressed, which I typically tend to prefer to call the bankrupt debt and other troubled asset markets, uh, which we will refer to as distressed markets because it's just a little bit easier. It rolls off the tongue a little bit, uh, a little bit better. They also offer investors a binary return profile. So these binary return profile assets and derivatives, when combined with a much less risky asset, such as the zero coupon treasury bond, which I don't really have time to go into and, and explain tonight, but I will provide a resource on tonight's show page at macroviewnews.com. Tonight's show page will be the first post you see when you arrive on our website. I'll I'll provide some resources that explain what the term zero coupon means. So when a binary return profile asset or derivative is combined with a zero coupon treasury bond, for example, it creates a new risk return profile that can be far more attractive to investors and can help to attract a significant amount of capital. Well, I'm not going to get into a major rant about the absolute capriciousness of regulators' opinions on the creation and launch of such structured products. I will just say that the powers that be really don't like innovation and do everything that they possibly can to block it. So a new type of innovative structured product that could significantly reduce the risk of making certain types of investments 
investments that would otherwise be considered extremely high risk, but with potential for a significant reward as well, could very well take half a decade or longer to get the sign off by regulators when structured in this way and where the risk is significantly reduced and the ability to attract more capital would you know, likely, uh, likely uh, follow. So financial instrument innovation going forward, honestly, outside of technological developments to help increase the efficiency of compliance processes and stuff like that, it's mostly going to surround structured products. I mean, you already have debt and equity, you know, you already have some, a number of different structured products, but really even in recent past, because I would consider an exchange traded fund, a, uh, a structured product. Structured products will allow banks and other financial institutions to better manage and to mitigate risks more efficiently. And it'll allow entrepreneurs easier access to capital. It'll afford investors new opportunities. But having said all of that, any new and innovative financial product is likely to be met with a significant degree of regulatory scrutiny that could stop them from ever reaching the market before they even get started. So with that said, we're going to dive into the topic at hand, the role of losses, bankruptcy, and the so-called distressed asset market right after this quick message. All right, folks. So I know most, if not all of my listeners are big believers in the free market. Some of my listeners may, from time to time, find themselves stumped by a statist. That's got to stop today, folks. We cannot let them embarrass us with pro-government intervention bumper sticker taglines and anti-free market memes. We need every single one of you to be able to clearly, concisely, and convincingly burn the statist strawman. There's a resource for that. It's Tom Woods' Liberty Classroom. You can sign up today, and they have three different levels. Basic, Basic Plus, and Master. With the Master membership in particular, you'll gain the equivalent knowledge of if you were to take a PhD program in libertarian thought if there were such a thing at any of the various youth indoctrination centers that we call universities. So go and sign up today and begin taking courses such as an introduction to logic, the history of economic thought, Austrian economics step-by-step, John Maynard Keynes' system and its fallacies, a ton of U.S. and Western civilization history courses, freedoms, progress, the history of political thought, and much, much more. To learn more, go to macroviewnews.com and click on the link in the top right corner titled Liberty Classroom. Once you've completed the master course, you're guaranteed to be better prepared to help me spread the logic of liberty. All right. So no one likes to lose money, but losses in the unhampered market economy do play an extremely vital role. Losses weed out poor resource allocators who are acting in the capacity of an entrepreneur. Losses, eventually, if they carry on for long enough without eventually leading to a profit or without the entrepreneur having a reasonable and believable roadmap to generating a profit, will cause investors to reallocate their capital elsewhere. Given that the business isn't profitable or self-sustaining, and now capital shifting to more promising projects, eventually this poor resource allocator or allocators will find themselves unable to pay their business bills. This will push the company into bankruptcy. Now, there are two different types of business bankruptcies, and we're going to spend a little bit of time discussing the two and uh, their, their slight differences or significant differences 
And the first is chapter seven bankruptcy. So chapter seven is a straight up bankruptcy. It's what most people think of when they think of bankruptcy. Chapter seven is when a company goes out of business and has to liquidate all their assets. So it's when a firm cannot prove a viable path to solvency and has to liquidate assets in an attempt to pay back creditors. Often also this typically is the route taken when the assets of the firm, when the value of the assets of the firm are below the value of the liabilities of the firm. In this type of bankruptcy, a judge orders a receiver to take control of the firm's assets and proceed to auction off to the highest bidder in a quick manner and in a manner in which it will receive the highest possible price, the various assets of the firm, if there are any. The proceeds from such an auction are used to pay back creditors first. So remember, as we talked about in the last couple of episodes, senior secured creditors are made whole first before anybody else gets a penny. Then, if there are still assets left over after senior secured creditors are paid back and made whole, unsecured creditors come next, then mezzanine creditors, which are convertible bondholders, then convertible bondholders or mezzanine debt holders are followed by preferred equity holders if there are any assets left over at this time, which typically... By the time secured and unsecured creditors are made whole, there typically aren't in the event of a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. So, lastly, if there's any assets left over worth anything at after preferred shareholders are, are, are paid back, then equity holders do get paid back. Or, you know, they get paid back whatever's remaining. In a Chapter 7 bankruptcy, however, not only is this not, unco- not common or extremely uncommon, I personally know of no example in history where all the capital structure has gotten paid back in the event of a Chapter 7 bankruptcy. It's just typically senior secured creditors get paid back most, uh, if not all, of what they're owed, and maybe some unsecured creditors get paid back, but typically everybody else loses loses their investment. So the second type, the second type of bankruptcy is a chapter 11 bankruptcy. Now this is typically what you, what you, you hear about on, you know, financial news networks that such and such company is entering into chapter 11 bankruptcy. This is a reorganization of the company that's entering into bankruptcy. So typically in this scenario, the equity holders do see the value of their equity go to zero or very close to zero But the assets are valuable enough and the general business product or service is a viable enough product or service that creditors are willing to accept a smaller payment on their debt, which is typically referred to as taking a haircut, and to take control of the equity of the firm when it does finally emerge from bankruptcy. And that kind of compensates them for their haircut. Now, when we get back from introducing listeners to a resource that's just far too valuable not to share with you all, we will discuss the distressed asset market and making investments in the distressed asset market. But first, this quick message. All right, everyone. So I've got another great resource for those of you that are saying, Andrew, you know, I'd love to do Tom Woods' master level courses on Liberty Classroom, but I really don't have the time for that right now. I need a crash course on liberty and Austrian economics. 
Maybe you're saying to yourself, you know, Donald Trump was just inaugurated and my parents or my wife or my husband or someone else I love is way over the moon. All their free market so-called convictions were tossed out. They threw the baby out with the Obamas. And now that there's a Republican in the White House, that's all that matters. I need something fast. I need something that'll get me caught up in a day or at most in a week. Well, folks, I've got you covered. If you want to learn more in a single day or in a week about economics than most people will learn in a lifetime, you're going to want to head over to Mises.org and check out their absolutely free Mises Bootcamp. In five quick lessons, you'll learn more than enough to take down any of the various absurd defenses of government interference in the economy that your Republican loved ones may launch over the next four to eight years to justify the big spending and big government and all sorts of other interferences, tariffs, whatever may come about under the Trump administration. For your convenience, you'll find a link directly to the registration page for the Mises Boot Camp on tonight's show page. Stop waiting and harness the knowledge that you need today. So the distressed asset market refers to the aggregation of all assets that are either being liquidated to pay back creditors of bankrupted firms or the debt of and sometimes the equity of once the restructuring has occurred, companies that are in or emerging from Chapter 11 bankruptcy. It can also be used to describe the purchase of debt securities of firms, which Chapter 11 filings are somewhat inevitable, and thus the debt is trading at a very steep discount. So this is where discounts are to be had. This is where you can find asset sales. And this is where entrepreneurs get a chance to step in and reallocate previously misallocated resources to uses that are more urgently demanded by consumers. This is the process by which economic efficiency, abundance, and greater prosperity come about. The distressed asset market is a vital market. When a firm goes into Chapter 11 bankruptcy, when creditors take a haircut on the debt and a chunk of the equity in the firm in question, they often do so for pennies on the dollar. When the firm emerges from bankruptcy, lean and mean and with little debt and a lower cost of capital with a more focused business plan, having often sold off its less efficient or uh, less focused you know, tertiary type businesses and branches, they often are able to begin growing the value of the equity again. And they're also able to begin paying down the remainder of the debt left. During this time, folks that buy into these distressed assets and see them through bankruptcy are often rewarded for their risk and their patience. Typically, when a firm goes into bankruptcy, the entire executive management is let go. New managers come in, they present new business plans, and they begin operating under, under uh, you know, the new business plan. When emerging from bankruptcy, many times these firms are takeover targets for competitors or for private equity firms, or sometimes they, they'll refer to these, these uh, distressed asset investors as vultures. You know, though the name sounds kind of harsh, these investors are doing the market a very serious service. The distressed asset market can also refer to a company that's on the brink of or without a significant capital infusion will inevitably enter into a Chapter 11 bankruptcy. In either case, these investors are reemploying valuable resources to uses that better serve society. 
if they get in and help turn the company around, both both either both and or with their capital or experience, they can experience significant returns. Now, when I first began dedicating my life to financial markets as a full-time professional, finding assets on sale or for a deep discount was one of the strategies that I employed. In 2009, at the bottom, one of the sales of a lifetime came about. Short, this was shortly after Sirius XM merged. So Sirius was a separate company from XM and the two merged. Now Sirius XM at this time was on the verge of bankruptcy. The price of their stock had fallen below 10 cents a share at one point. And during, during the day or intraday, it reached as low as 5 cents a share at one point. So at this time, I was actively trading stocks for my own account. I figured, what the hell? This is the only satellite radio company out there. They'll likely have some private equity firm or other media or tech firm either buy them out or at least make a sizable investment. And I felt that buying a substantial number of shares at such a low price would, worst case, be a good bet, You know, even if I lost everything I put into it. So I did just that. I got in at about 12 cents a share. I bought a substantial number of shares. And shortly after I, I got in, a few days after I got in, Rumors began to spread that Liberty Media was in talks to take uh, a sizable portion of their equity to make a, a really large investment. I think that the number was so, somewhere in the $500 million range. It would help them to pay, pay down debt to, to remain solvent, to grow the business a little bit, to reorganize a little bit without having to go through Chapter 11. The price of Sirius XM shares went from $0.12 cents a share to over $0.40 cents a share in less than a month. I got out and more than tripled my money. It was great. Now, about four years later, the price had gone up to over $3 a share. At the time, the Liberty Media deal was still kind of a rumor. And there was still a good shot that they would go, go through, have to go through bankruptcy, in which case I wouldn't have received such a substantial return on my investment. But rather, I probably would have lost everything I put in as equity holders would have seen their value go to zero or very close to it, much lower than $0.12 cents a share. And as debt holders had to take haircuts and became the new majority equity owners and themselves received most of the upside when the company emerged out of bankruptcy. So all in all, at the time, it was a good trade. I've always been proud of it. And even with my personal lack of perfect foresight in not seeing how far it would go over the next few years, it was, it was a good investment. Now, it's not often that such an obvious deal comes along, Right. Typically, the distressed asset market is much more complicated. It requires a combination of both investor and legal skills. It requires extreme patience and typically requires you to have some ice water in your veins, so to speak. It's never easy to buy into a company with a highly uncertain future. Ultimately, however, it is a vital part of the market economy. And if interfered with by government, it's, or excuse me, without being interfered with by government, it serves as the most efficient mechanism known to humanity for reallocating the scarce resources with alternative uses that are wrapped up in this failing company towards those alternative uses that will best serve consumer and the society's most urgent wants and most urgent demands. Well, folks, that's all for tonight here on episode 31. I hope you enjoyed it. 
Do not forget to tune in tomorrow night to catch the fifth and final part of this five-part series on understanding financial markets. So tomorrow night's topic is government interventions and distortions in the marketplace. And it's sure to be both informative and entertaining. So set your reminders to visit macroviewnews.com somewhere around 9 p.m. Pacific time. Speaking of which, if you're not listening to tonight's episode from our show page, I suggest you go there now. There's a whole host of resources related to tonight's episode, as well as links to the first three parts of uh, this five-part series, this being part four. And just in case you missed any, you can catch up right there. You'll also find links to both the Tom Woods Liberty Classroom registration and the Mises Boot Camp registration pages. So while you're there, though, do not forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. There's links to our profiles on each of those right there on the show page. And last but certainly not least, and in fact, most importantly, do not forget to share us with your friends and family and loved ones and on your social media pages and help me to spread the logic of liberty. I hope that you have a wonderful rest of your evening or day or whenever it is that you happen to be catching up on episodes of The Macro View. Take care, folks. You've been listening to The Macro View. Tune in tomorrow night and every weeknight at 9.30 p.m. Pacific time to help spread the logic of liberty. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.